What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are good. Uh, hyped to be back. Uh, feels good to put another podcast out. Uh, I just want to take a second to stop and thank you guys for uh, making the show epic. And for all you guys that have been down since the beginning. It's been years now. It's tripping me out. Actually, while I'm here, let's let's pull it up right now. We'll go to the iTunes store, type in the show. show. Gotta click on the store. I'm always saying, like, we're, uh, we're like, so many episodes in, you know? Like, and I want to make sure I know exactly how many episodes, because it's kind of a trip to me, man. All right, I'm scrolling down. The Shetler Show in iTunes. And I'm scrolling down to, let's see if it shows the complete listing. Oh, damn, so many episodes. Mark Appiard was number 80. Chad Muska, 96. Damn, heavy. Danny Supa, 103. Steve Bear, 104. Still going. Zareds, 119. Um, D. Fuchs, what up, Derek? Derek Vergara. Alright, so the first podcast would be Donnie Barley. So, 167. We're on 167 episodes. Fucking trip, dude. So, yeah, I don't know. I just want to thank you guys because I know that I do all the talking, but uh, really, we can't have a show without. The back and forth without you guys listening and giving me feedback and all the suggestions for all that need stuff and world stuff and all the positive feedback and everyone, all the guests you guys have suggested and I got on have all paid off and crushed it. Um, keep the feedback coming on the show and just, uh, if you could help share the show, if you like an episode, you know, share it with someone or repost it, spread it, man. It'd be cool. Uh, this has been a crazy experiment and I'm psyched we have this for skateboarding. And if you have any more suggestions for guests or people, please just go to my Instagram at Anthony Shetler um, and, you know, leave me a message. Let me know who you think I should have on the show. That'd be sick, man. I'd like to get some uh, some people that I haven't thought of, you know. And I know there's so many epic skateboarders that are missing a bunch, you know. And I have a list that just is endless still. Um, it's so cool. Um, okay. With that being said, today's episode is brought to you by All I Need. Um, yeah, not much to say, man. I'll just go to the website right now, because I say it every episode, but all I need is a skate brand that we started in a recession, and it's just a labor of love. We put our money together in hopes that it would grow, and we could do cool stuff with it, and, it, and it's been that so far, man. It's been amazing. Um, it's been really fun. So we're just growing this thing, and it's, it's awesome to be able to put people's artwork on the skateboards, and to produce apparel with people's artwork, and just uh, design, and it's just cool to do all this. I feel very grateful. So if you could, please check out allineedskate.com. And uh, if you've never want, tried one of our decks, please do. If you see one in your local skate shop, swoop it up. That'd be epic and give us some feedback. Um, you can hit us up uh, on Facebook Facebook at All I Need Skateboarding. Instagram is at All I Need Skate. Same with Twitter, All I Need Skate. Um, yeah, a couple things, I'll just go up to the website, and the front is our new vlogs, we have video vlogs out from each of the riders, our new full-length video, um, titled In the Trenches, that premiered on the Ride channel, that's up on the website, um, the podcasts are always up there, pretty much everything we create, um, all the graphics, all the apparel, all the videos, all the events we do, everything we capture and put it on the website, allineedskate.com, so that's that one stop. You can check everything out. <laughs> oh, there's my blog where I was shredding with my lady's grandmother. She's 78, and I talked her into going tubing. 
she was like a little nervous and I was like we got this and I filmed the whole thing selfie style while we're bombing down the hill <laughs> pretty sick um yeah so yeah I don't know check out allineedskate.com if you click on the store link at the top it'll take you to our skate shop and it's got everything up there um we got these 18 ounce glass uh, coffee mugs right now with glass etched all I need into it um we have like three left maybe I know another one sold so maybe only two those are going to be gone soon. Um, yeah, check out our decks. The Wartime Series, which uh, coincides with our newest video, In the Trenches. Um, yeah, just the the graphics. I'm really proud of those. And we have the Fried Prosperize Series, which crushes. Prosperity might be one of my favorite boards. And then um, we also have our collab with Narragansett Beer. I met those guys a while back, um, the Gansett guys, and they were just super cool, man. Recently... Me and my homie Conrad went to their facility and they gave us a, a tour because they were building it. They brought the brewery back to Rhode Island with Narragansett Beer. And we got to go check out the brewery that they're building and, and it was very cool. And we did, we've done two collab decks with them uh, with Narragansett Beer. Um, the other one's gone. If you got one, that's awesome. I don't even... Yeah, I do have one. I saved one. Um, and then the new one we have, um, the Beer Shark, which is fucking... I'm super hyped on it so crushes um and just like all all i need most all i need boards we keep the wood grain popping through it's been a reoccurring theme with each of our boards um same on the gansett board we had the wood the wood grain popping through on the guys so um yeah that's an 8.1 too uh we got our pack and go which is my favorite windbreaker for sure it just folds right up into the front pocket so like whenever i'm traveling it's easy to put stuff in it and then pull it out and just cover up man uh our zip up goes hard man check it all out all i need skate.com and we're also brought to you by world industries please check out worldindustries.com um we're building a skate team man world is a a one-of-a-kind brand and they gave me a chance to have a pro model shoe and i you know one of the things was was i was like yeah i'm super hyped to have another shoe my second shoe but i want to be able to build a skate team around the shoe you know because it's cool to be sponsored by World and have a pro shoe, but if we don't, if I don't have a team and people to skate with to build content and hype, then uh, it's not that fun, you know. So they were totally down. So my first shoe's out now, and uh, hopefully it does well. And everything that we earn with that um, goes back into creating more skateboarding content and culture. So yeah, check out WorldIndustries.com. Tons of apparel, um, stickers, classic World stickers, man. The ones that I remember as a kid, uh, and tons of apparel. So, yeah, check it all out. And, and they're actually working on decks as well um, for later down the road. And also, I'll make an announcement now while I remembered. Um, Kevin Clem and Ryan Alleman are the first two riders for World Team. Um, and I've been giving them shoes. And, you know, it's about to be nice out here on the East Coast. We're going to see some shredding this summer. It's going to be super fun to watch. And those dudes have vlogs as well. And you can check those out. Um, I've rambled enough, man. Today's guest is uh, my good friend Ben Gravy and just all around legend. Um, I got super hyped at filming and vlogging because of Ben. Uh, I went on a surfing trip with him and Conrad introduced me to him. And when I met him, I just knew the guy was awesome. I knew he was like living life um, the way it should be done. Or a way, he's found a way that works for him that is seems like such a good ride. And I'm super hyped to know Ben. So enjoy. Peace. Drive, 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 drive. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, I, I, I gotta get on. I gotta get on it.
I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Board today. Board today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, I had, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know, the other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Hell yeah, Ben. Hi, Touch. You're uh, back on the show, dude. This is number two. Second time. Thanks for having me. No worries. Where are you at right now? I'm in New Jersey. I'm at my mom's house. Nice. In the living room. Well, the, the dining room, I guess. I sat at my office on the dining room table. Nice. <laughs> That's my usual setup, too. <laughs> What's going on, man? I feel like I'm a... I feel like I'm a different human being since the last time I talked to you. It's pretty, pretty interesting. Well, that's going to go into like a crazy conversation for sure because you're a fellow vlogger, so time moved different for you for sure. How um, how's vlogging going for you? It's going good, dude. But it definitely I've noticed since I've started vlogging. You were the person who turned me on to it, by the way, for the people listening. Ben Gravy is the guy who got me hyped on vlogging. <laughs> Um, I've noticed time is different though, because when you're constantly filming stuff and then you're going back and editing it, and it's like, I don't know. I already felt lost. Now I just feel like more lost in a good way though. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say like time moves faster, and you kind of, you kind of do it, just like disappear, like because you're just in your own world, and you're just like, if you always have like just fucking millions of things to do all the time, you're just like on your own mission, which actually helps you become yourself though. It's kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. I've realized that it's definitely been very beneficial. Oh. Nice, you went HD, little little uh, widescreen right there. I went side flips, so I can film your face for my video. You might have to send me this recording if it's a video recording. Yeah, I will. All right. Um. Yeah, you know what I noticed about vlogging that I like is that it's like collecting memories. Like I just have. I can only imagine after like a year to go back and like some of the shit's gonna bring me to tears of joy. You know. Totally. It's so weird, like, I, um, when I first, I met my girlfriend Jordan, like, almost a year into vlogging, more than a year into vlogging, and, like, I have every single thing wow. in the relationship on, on the vlog. It's, like, it's kind of, like, unheard of, I think. <laughs> How was she when you first started dating and you whipped the camera out? like day one she didn't get it she thought that I kind of like vlogged to uh like show off like the chicks I was hanging out with or something <laughs> I was like no it's not like that I'm just like following my whole life you know <laughs> so then I mean now she kills it now she's like 
a full character on the block, but yeah, in the beginning she was like, um, weird about it. Like, I actually didn't vlog our first official date because, like, I asked her and she wasn't into it. And then the second time I was like, fuck that, I'm bringing it. Like, I feel weird without it. I'm not, not vlogging. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's, let's just start at the beginning because we're going to get back into vlogging, but I want to start at the very beginning. Um, did you grow up in New Jersey? I grew up, <clears throat> I was born in Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, it's about two, three hours from the beach. And I grew up in a town called Birch Runville. Pretty much smallest town on the map. Um, you probably haven't heard of it. Uh, we lived on a creek called French Creek. And that was like where I started my, <clears throat> my in the water experience and lifestyle we used to like go in the creek like when it flooded and ride down the waterfall nice um but my parents are from new jersey my mom's from margate my dad's from avalon and uh they moved up to pa when i guess between my, my older brother's birth and when my mom was pregnant with me and i lived there straight through till i was eight and then my parents bought a house in New Jersey in Longport when I was eight we started coming down for weekends and the summer and then when I was 14 we moved here full time so I pretty much was born and raised in, in the sticks of Pennsylvania nice it's very uncommon for a surfer but um, yeah so New Jersey was kind of like you know transplant style but I have definitely have a connection with uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, so I'm always bouncing back and forth. And you have uh, you have two brothers, right? Yep, I have one older brother, Hob, and, and then younger brother Tucker, and then I actually have a younger sister who is 21. Uh, she lives in New York, but her name's G, and she's actually adopted from Korea. Nice. We adopted her when I was like eight years old. What was like what was that like? Uh. I never really thought of it. Like, I remember the first week we had her, like, some one of the kids in my class was like, I can't believe your sister's Chinese. <laughs> and I, this is, like, right when we first got her, and I was like, I was like, stuff like that has always tripped me out of my life because I'm like, well, people actually think about that? Like, they actually think about, like, I don't know, people's perceptions sometimes throw me off. Like, the fact that he even thought about her being Asian threw me off. You know, like, when I... When we adopted her, I just was like, oh, this is my sister. You know, I was never like, oh, my God, I'm my sister Chinese. Like, I don't know. Interesting. But ever since that, that was like the only time I ever thought about it, really. And it's um, it's been great. She's awesome. Uh, I think she got pretty lucky, like, getting a pretty, um, I guess we're, we're semi-normal. But she, she ended up in a good family, so. <laughs> Maybe not normal, but she ended up in a good family. Nice. Um, yeah, I can. Was, when we um, when we went and got her, I was yeah, I was like eight, seven, or eight years old, and we thought that she was gonna come from Korea, knowing uh, karate. So we'd be like, "Mom, is she gonna teach us karate?" <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> She's not into karate, is she? <laughs> no. <laughs> She's like more American than any of us. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, I have a half sister. Heidi, and she's um, Asian, half Asian as well. And, like, I never really thought of that either. I was just like, that's my sister Heidi. And then people always were like, 
she's your half-sister? And I'd be like, yeah, but I never thought of her as a half-sister. She was just my sister. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Because our family's kind of crazy. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. I, um... That stuff always, I, I don't know, I have a problem, like, uh, understanding, like, perceptions like that, you know? Like, I, I just don't get it. Because so, I'm just, I mean, you know I mean? I'm just, like, cruising. I don't even know what's going on. I have to <laughs> like, yeah, what's up? Like, so, like, people, I think people think too much. And then they're like, if you think too much, then, like, people become Asian, and then people become black and white, and then think, people become rich and poor. But if you just don't think and you just live your life, then... You have no time to think about that because you're just focused on like your soul being or whatever you want to call it, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, dude. A lot of my day is just trying to like, well, I always say this. I'm always like, dude, we, we've been given this one life. This one life we're given. It's our our life. Like, my name's Anthony. I am alive. I have one life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I want to be able to like live it and experience it and like really um, – because that's the only way you can really connect to life is to live your life, you know? You can tell other yeah, people sure. you can tell other people how to live their life and shit, but that's not going to work. I don't know. I try. No. I think I trip out a lot, too, because I think, like, the more you understand yourself, the more you define yourself, you can change that, you know? So, like, but most people never do that. Most people never even yeah. figure out who they are, what they're made out of. They have to go right to work and, like, are, like... Or even... They never even try, either. Yeah, some people are it's, scared. It's scary. Yeah. I'm still figuring it out, dude. I don't think you ever figure it out. I think if as long as you're like learning, you know, it's always you're always gonna be learning. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean we're in state of motion all the time, so you're growing. Even if you're growing old, you're still growing, so you're in, in motion. You can't yeah. you can define yourself but then you're gonna keep growing hopefully. Or you'll you know. Crazy. Do you find that do you find that from surfing, or what? Got, what came to that? What helped you come to that realization? Hmm, that's a tough one. Um, I think, I think just because me and my brothers lived the way that we did, and our parents were like open to us being artists, kind of. If you want to like put a term on that, artist, like that free mind thinking. I don't know if you would really consider it an artist, but me and my brothers have always chased our passions, even if our passions are as, as weird as, you know, doing stunts, like jumping off of roofs or like surfing big waves or like, I don't know, going to the skate park and trying to drop in on the 13 foot ramp. I think just if you, if you do the, all these things like that, like are just deep inside of you that you truly want to follow, then like, I don't think you even have to like consider the that thought process, you know what I mean? It kind of just comes to you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know dude. My, <laughs> it's hard to put it into, like, English. <laughs> well, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because, like, for me, my family is, like, pretty, pretty broken family. So, like, my normality growing up was more like there was violence and there was, like, I wasn't safe a lot of the times, you know? So, like, a lot of times when I was growing up, I didn't have time to focus on, like, the simple things. I always had stress and worry in my life, so I couldn't really, like, just enjoy the pleasures of being a kid, you know? Um, yeah. Which is, which is weird. It's hard, you know? That's the dealt, the hand I was dealt, you know? But yeah. to get past all that stress and worries and the evils that come from that to get back to focus on just, like, 
whatever you can find in your life, you know, like whatever brings you joy. It's hard to like experience that if you're like not there, you know. Yeah. I always believe I'm always super. Sure. Yeah, I'm always in awe when I see like a good family that has good structure and the parents like age gracefully and have pride and worked really hard and own their own stuff and they passed it on to their children and their children appreciate it like stuff like that blows my mind away it's sick that's like the american dream right yeah i mean i think like i in a in a different way i think my family is like the american dream you know my parents are together yep they're in their mid to late or they're in their mid 50s they're together they're happily married uh, they instill good values in their kids, and we're kind of all just, you know, uh, grateful for what we have. And there's not too much turmoil within our family. You know, we bicker because that's just how families are. But, I mean, I'm a very lucky person, you know, and my, and my dad and mom have never been like... My dad has gotten worried along my path, like, what the fuck is my son going to do? But, like... I've, I think I've done a couple of things in my life that have proved to him that I can be successful in my own right. And then, you know, they don't put any pressure on me to, to perform in a certain way. So that has been like the saving grace for me and my brothers. It's like, you know, you can do whatever you want with this life. Like, my dad's like, you don't want to be me, dude. I fucking, that's what he used to say when you were kids. He's like, you don't want to do this when you grow up. So find something else. <laughs> but, um, yeah, my parents are amazing people. Um, I think everyone in my family is. That's awesome, dude. That's so good. Yeah, my family's still trying to figure it out, but, like, things are happening and people are growing and learning and, like, yeah. we're trying not to repeat the same mistakes of, this, of like, the generation of the past because there's a lot of alcoholism and drug abuse and stuff like that. So, yeah. I don't know. Just shit that was kind of, like, I was born into that I was, like, it was always yeah. a constant reminder to not... To not do that. I was like, oh, I can't. That's not productive. That doesn't help someone grow. Like, I've seen a lot of examples of unhealthy examples of it. So, but I don't know. I'm thankful for the way I was born. It helps me have depth. You know, like I have a huge range of emotions, which I always have to keep in check. (laughs) I think you, uh, it all depends on the person, but like just knowing you uh, as well as I do, which isn't very well, but you seem to have like captured everything that you've dealt with and put it into something that you can understand and use it as a lesson for your life and you seem to be in a good place mentally i mean i don't know what's really going on but from what i've talked to you (laughs) no i'm doing like obviously everybody deals with shit but i'm the best that i'm i'm the best version i've ever been like i've always been very focused and very happy and like you know but i had anger and depression and all that stuff that comes with the bullshit you know but I've worked through that. Like, I'm happy to be 34. How old are you right now? I'm 28. Nice. Solid. Dude, I, looked, I looked to you for inspiration. Because uh, I'm always like, I'm like, dude, this guy's like 34. He's like, you know, six years older than me and just pushing. Like, you you show me that you can push because a lot of people in their, in their mid-30s are like giving up, for lack of a better term. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, and I see that. That's sick, dude. It's inspiring. Thank you. Thank you for that. Dude, same, Ben. That's why I got super hyped on vlogging, because I saw what you were doing, and I was like, this dude gets it. He's going for it. I fucking love it. Like, it's it's cool that you've dedicated... So, all right, this is perfect. 
How did the vlog come to be? I know that your brothers did stunts, and you've done some crazy stunts too. How did the whole how did the whole YouTube channel come to be? Nice. I'm gonna try. Nice. Okay. So, I got my first video camera when I was eight. Uh, it was a high eight. Before even digital eight, it was high eight. And my dad, I had two VCRs in the living room, and I would shoot everything. Like, as soon as I got that camera, I still have all the tapes, too, which I want to compile one day. But um, I would shoot everything and edit on the VCR. So, I... Since I was first grade, I was in love with video production. That's what I wanted to do. We always skated. We always surfed. We always rode bikes, did fucked up shit. You know, my, we have some footage from, like, literally when my younger brother was, like, six years old. Sick. And, uh, you know, just spraying fire extinguishers, climbing out of the top floor of the house with a, a hose instead of, like, a rope. Jeez, uh, you name it. Just in all kinds of stuff. So, really, my passion for film just grew from first grade my entire life and it went hand in hand with surfing you know I would travel I would film and then when I finished high school um, I was actually sponsored by a surf company called Billabong hell yeah company when I was younger that was like the first company that brought me like quote unquote pro you know I barely got paid but it was you know I signed with them when I was 14 surfed for them till I was 18 when I was 18 Billabong cut me from the team and my parents were like alright well what do you want to do like, surfing's not going to cut it. You know, you were getting paid $5,000 a year to be a professional surfer. So, uh, like, so I'm like, I don't know. I, you know, all I ever wanted to do or all I ever knew was surfing. And I had filmed it the whole time, so it kind of made sense. My parents found the Art Institute in Philadelphia. Jordan, do you hang that phone up? Nice. Hi, and they were like, you're going to college here. And, um... I was like, I don't want to go to college. That was never in the plan. And they're like, we don't really care. They went and met the lady and signed me up for two classes, like, without even asking me. So they were like, all right, October 1st, you start school. What classes? In Philly. My first two classes were computer science and intro to videography. Nice. And I, I went to school, and I, I went to my first class, and I was, like, hating it. And by the end of like two, three weeks in, I was like fully into it. Hold on. Take that call, bro. Damn, your house looks sick, man. Super hyped on this. I like the footprint in the background. What are you saying? I was talking about the footprint up behind you, Ben. There's a footprint on a plate. Oh, yeah, this is my niece. Nice. My brother just had a kid. She's, I guess, six months old. Nice. That's a little foot. Yeah. Um, so I went to college. By the end of like the first two, three weeks, I was like, all right, this is cool enough. I can do it. I'm actually learning about video cameras because I, I only ever filmed with a handycam. I didn't know what was up. And uh, I was like, fuck, you know, I can get good at this. And I continued to surf, you know, no sponsor, just making videos of me surfing. And um, I started the YouTube channel in, well, we had YouTube since 2006. But it was just uh, kind of just messing around. We never really uploaded anything serious. I would try to upload my old VHS videos that I made, and like they would always get copyright strikes and taken down and shit. But then when I got to film school, I was like, all right, I'm going to start a new channel. Call it Nub TV because we had Nub. That was like our company. Um, 
and I'm just gonna start uploading my school projects and my surfing videos. So I would just, you know, try to tie surfing and school together as much as possible. So I would make uh, surf edits and put them on online. And then through, um, while I was going to college, my brothers decided that they wanted to go to stunt school because we were always into doing crazy shit. And my parents were like, well, if you want to do it, do it the right way, you know, get, get certified to be stuntman. So they, they went off to Florida for like six weeks, got certified in stunts. And I was in school getting better at filming and editing and producing. And we just kind of convened and put our heads together and we were like, viral videos had just kind of started blowing up on the internet, you know, like stunts and fails and all that. So we were like, how can we get attention online to make our channel bigger? And dude, back then, like subscribers were like, they existed, but people didn't know, like, we didn't know what the, what was going on. You know, we didn't know that people even followed our channel. We just thought we were putting videos up and it was just random, you know? And so I remember our first big video we uploaded my brother Tuck shot was shooting darts at his friend just like out of this little dart gun <laughs> and one of them like one of them like stuck in the kid's neck and uh the video got like 400,000 views and we were like holy shit like YouTube's real like we can fucking blow up on YouTube so we just started fucking going and doing the crazy shit you know and then we started building the channel still shooting standard definition you can believe it. That's what those were those days. Four by three, you know about them. Oh yeah. And uh, we met this dude. His name's Robbie Beach, and he had a red camera. And we didn't know what the fuck that was, but he was like, "Yeah, I have a really high quality camera." And he actually had a connection to a guy in California who was willing to buy stunt clips for a TV show. Nice. So we were like, "All right, like let's film." So he brings out the red camera, and we just filmed one day and we did a bunch of interviews and stuff and he was like to us he was like full tv production like we thought we were you know making it like fully he was interviewing us after the stunts like and he was like it was actually his idea to do like a show so he was like there's this thing online called podcasting and you can make a video and put it on itunes and people can download it and like because our youtube Back then, you couldn't upload videos longer than 15 minutes. So we made a 30-minute episode with the red camera, and Robbie edited it. It was called the Nub TV Rodeo, and it was, like, all Western-themed. <laughs> and uh, we put it on iTunes, and it got, like, 10,000 downloads, like, in the first, like, three days. Dope. Like, holy shit. Like, this is real deal. So that kind of just sent us on. We So we were doing YouTube small clips on the side like just single clips and then iTunes we were doing like the full episodes with Robbie so we would just bounce between worlds and then uploading surf videos tying the surfing into the episodes and that's that the idea of getting a viral video and 10,000 people actually downloading an episode like a full concept was really just set my head off I was like dude this is it like TV this is what I want to do like I love this shit and that's Everything you've seen since then has just been an extension and growth of that. And from then, we've done TV deals, pilots, internet shows, anything. Like, you, you name it. Like, we've, we've dabbled in it. And uh, nothing nothing huge yet, but, you know, our, our following has just steadily grown. 
and, you know, hopefully I can do something with it. But just daily grind for the past, I don't even know, seven, eight years? Gnarly. Gnarly. You've been in it for seven or eight years. <laughs> just pretty much. I mean, I was actually telling my girlfriend about this the other day. It's, it's I, I actually had a moment of, like, clarity and, and gratitude. I was like, dude, when I was 22... And my dad was bitching at me, like, dude, you need to come work for me. Like, you, you're not doing anything. And I would sit on my laptop and edit these videos and put them online, and they'd be getting, like, 200 views. And I'd be like, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. Like, why can't I break through? And I would just wait on emails. I would wait two, three weeks sometimes to receive, like, a purchase of a clip or, like, some TV show lead or something. And, I, and nowadays, it's like, dude, I get stuff every day. And our videos are getting good views every day, and it's like, I can't even connect the dots from me at 28 to me at 22, but, like, the growth there is just insane. Like, I can't even believe it. And that that, that helps me appreciate, you know, all the work I've put into it. Because, you know, you're like me, a business owner, dude. You get down on yourself so all the time when things don't work out exactly how you want. And yeah. it's, like, it's stressful if you're trying to grow a business. And But to look back and see where I came from, it's... I have, you know, I get stoked on that. Yeah. Something that I really, sorry to cut you off, but something I really liked about, something I really liked about your vlog was that you, you took like time to thank people. Like you went through and you like put their comments in there. You like just responded earnestly to people. Like I really like that. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, that stuff's like, just a natural thing for me because some of those people that you know I talk to on a regular basis just through YouTube comments or like Instagram direct like those guys there's a solid couple thousand people who have been watching from day one like I remember like some of the commenters commenting on the nub channel in 2009 when we first started like the world that we live in is very interesting it's it's really something and (laughs) I mean, all that support is so cool. So, like, you know, you got to show the love back. I mean, I love it. It keeps me going. It keeps me vlogging, you know. Like, I could just be over it one day, and and someone leaves me the right comment. Yeah. And it's just, like, I'm 100% motivated back in the game. Like, my head's just, my headspace totally changed around from one person's comment. And, I mean, that's what it's all about. Like, the universe just gives you little things, little steps stepping stones to keep you moving forward if you allow it to communicate with you I yeah think. yeah i agree i say I, I say it a little different but that you nailed it i say like the inches add up so if you can focus on the yeah. one, one little speck of glitter on the ground that pick that up they'll add up eventually you know 100 percent. yeah a lot of the times we're like getting our own way like people like yeah. want want certain things but they don't know what it takes to get it or like you know people are just all over the map at times, including myself, you know, so it's like, just reminders, that's why I like vlogging too, because what I'm learning is I like, after I have so many episodes, if you go back, you can kind of just see like, how, what's happened in your life, like I'm tripping after a year, I'm gonna go back, and like in my second episode, my mother passed away, and I like, filmed and talked about it, you know what I mean, like, it's like collecting memories, it's kind of (laughs) crazy, sorry to hear that by the way, oh man, thank you, thank you, um, yeah, I've, uh, my mom's, like, 
she's had a tough time in this world, you know what I mean? She had issues and things happened to her and she had drug abuse and, but she was figuring it out. And then like, you know, I knew she had a hard life and it was just like, it happens, you know? It's, it's the part of life that sucks, dude, that never, like, that part sucks. <laughs> I mean, I think we just ignore it because you really can't just come to grips with that. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's, that's, that's pretty, I couldn't even imagine it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like, I'm like, so that kind of puts it into perspective for me is because I'm like, dude, if I do this for a year and I put out one or two videos a week, I'm going to go back and there's going to be like just so many memories. Like literally it'll probably bring me to tears watching them. It's been a long time. I got to go back now. <laughs> I mean, I'm on, actually yesterday was my, well today was my 420th episode by the way. <laughs> Gnarly. Yes. Oh. Perfect. <laughs> Straight. Because um, yeah, <laughs> I can go back to like episode 130 and be like, what did I do this day? Like, episode fucking 296. And it's like, wow. My, my hair is different. My life is different. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so cool. All right. I want to switch the subject. What was it like getting sponsored by Billabong? I know you're saying like, you didn't, you barely got paid anything, but Billabong's a massive brand, you know what I mean? That's dabbled in like skateboarding and surfing and a bunch of industries. How did that come to be? And like, what was that like? Were you really, really stoked? Yeah. Were, were you firing off surfing, shredding, or what? I mean, it was, it was gnarly. It was like, I didn't think about it now because I was 14. I had no idea what was going on. But when I look back at how I pulled it off, it's actually really. It would, it would give me anxiety nowadays, but, so I was 14 years old, <clears throat> I went into the, the, the owner of the surf shop down the street here, Heritage, it's the shop I ride for to this day, he was like, yo, the Billabong rep is coming in, you should come meet him, uh, like, he'll probably put you on flow, so, like, the owner of the shop, Randy, and another guy, Kevmo, who's, like, the team manager guy, they had talked to the rep, and told him about me you know what I mean so they're like all right Ben's coming in for the introduction so I go into the shop I give him my little paper resume because back then you know you had a picture of yourself on the front name age where you're from your current sponsors you had pictures and then all your contest results in the back on a piece of paper nice you know like a little portfolio and uh legit so I went in there and he's like yeah dude I'll put you on the team you know a couple t-shirts a couple stickers like nothing really of it and then my dad, you know, he's a businessman, so he's hassling the guy, you know, in a nice way. But he's hassling the guy, like, we got to get Ben on the East Coast team, like, the legit team. Yeah. Know? Or, like, or like we're going to try to find another sponsor because, like, Ben's up and coming. He's got, you know, six regional titles. He's, like, you know, on the ESA All-Star team, third place East Coast, like, all this shit. Like, he's trying to do it from real. So, uh, how did this happen? Okay, so I stopped in Ocean City, Maryland at the rep's house on my way down to the East Coast Championships. And he was like, I've been talking to, you know, Billabong International, and you're on the radar. So just, you know, do something big. And I'm on the way to the East Coast Championships. He's like, win this thing. So I go down to Virginia Beach. Boys, I think it's boys 14 and under division. Won the contest. East Coast champion won so the guy's like dude ben just won east coast championships he's the guy like put him like get him on the team so fuck yeah 
So after that, <clears throat> I was randomly in Florida after that, and my dad actually knew who the East Coast team manager was. He's a guy named Brian Hewitson. And my dad, this is like, you know, months later, like nothing happened, nothing came of it. Months later, my dad sees the guy, Sebastian Inlet, in Florida, just randomly. Because this is how life works, you know, like random shit. Like, and it all makes sense in the end, but you never know what's going to actually make the, the bridges cross. But we go up to the guy, my dad's like, Brian. And, Brian, and the guy's like, what? Who is this dude? He's like, this is my son, Ben. He won the East Coast Championships. He rides for Billabong for the rep in New Jersey. You guys should put him on the team. And then Brian's like tripping out, like, who the fuck is this kid? You know what I mean? Like his dad's just telling me to put him on the billboard team. <laughs> so I guess I guess Brian goes back, does some research on me. Well little research there is to do on, on Google and sees, you know, ESA All Star all my stats and he's like, Well, this kid's legit, but I still gotta see him serve. So like another month after that, this is like almost a year later, you know? It ends up Brian's in New Jersey for a contest, and it's the Heritage Pro, so I'm there helping out. And Brian actually came up to me. He's like, hey, Ben, what's up? You remember meeting me in Florida? Like, at this point, he knows who I am. And I'm like, yeah, holy shit, what's up, man? And he gave me some stickers, and he's like, I want to watch you surf today. And I was just like, oh, shit, like, this is bad, dude. Like, <laughs> waves, are, waves are six inches. Like, this sucks. Like, I'm going to blow it. So I went, so I go out there, and... This is how weird the universe is. Like, it's fucking. There's a kid out there named TJ Barron and this kid Sterling Spencer, and they're just sitting out there. They're already on Billabong team, full poster guys, like in the mags, like made it, guys. I'm like this 14 year old little shit, like trying to get on the team. So I paddle out. It's fucking flat. This this set wave comes in, and those guys just let it roll by. I I pick it up, drop in, first wave, pump down the line, pump down the line. Bam, hit a section, big-ass frontside air. Stomped it. The announcer on the beach was talking about it. Like, all the kids from Heritage were like, yo, that air was crazy. Like, And I came in, and Brian was like, yo, I saw that air. Like, that was sick. And it was like one frontside air that I do every day of my life changed, changed my entire life. So you know sick. I mean? And it's like, well, one-foot wave in a frontside air can change your entire existence. So after that, it was still like, that was like September. Uh, I still had to wait till January to meet like the higher ups and the execs. So I went down to Surf Expo in Florida. <clears throat> By this time, I'm 15, I think, 15 years old. And I walk up to Billabong. I'm like, "Hey, Brian, what's up?" He's like, "Dude, come in." He just brings me in. Everybody from Cali's there, like Andy Irons, his team manager, like my national team manager, like all the sales, marketing guys. They all know who I am. They're like, "Welcome to the team, dude. You did it!" Like, and I was just like, "Holy." Tripping. First contract I ever signed, it was $500 every three months, four boxes a year, and four wetsuits, and that was it. That was my deal. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) So that was like the beginning of everything. And then that, I mean, those kind of experiences at a young age, I think, can set, I think that's probably something similar with you in skateboarding. It can set you up for business in the future. It's like, so like, this is how you climb the ladder. Yeah. Figure out the weirdest like things in life through, you know, experiencing abnormal shit like being sponsored by a big company. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, from there I got uh, Bill Long tacked on Bond Zipper, and they had another company that um, 
I forget, like Arbor Skateboards or something. Like they can some conglomerate shit. And I actually surfed for Globe. Nice. Um, back in the day, because Glo- and Globe and World were like partners or something at one point, weren't they? Yeah, I believe they were both in under Dwindle Distribution. Yeah, so it's- I was actually at the World uh, Factory in California when I rode for Globe, like same same time period, same era. That's it, like, dude. Pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, skating definitely helped me learn about business because, like, when you're when you want to learn to get sponsored or whatever, or because, like, dude, growing up, like, all I did was skateboard. When I was 13, Ben, I was just like found skateboarding and it was like off to the races. There was nothing else I wanted to do. It was literally like therapeutic. It was fun. It was like the fucking thing to do. And uh, so once I found that, I would just do it every day, you know. And then as I got older, I was like, well, I want to keep doing this on the level that I want to do it at with this amount of time. Like, I want to have my time. To be taken up with skateboarding so then you start thinking like as a business mind because you're like well like how does this happen how does someone else do it you know like how do you make that work yeah. yeah like it's a hustle it's a grind it's like how do you find a way to buy back some of your time basically you know because most and, uh, of no yeah most of us like we don't own our times you know you got to work other jobs yeah. and like and most people are i think trying to find ways to monetize things in their lives so they can have time for themselves to do that you know like um yeah. <clears throat> i feel like that's what everyone's trying to do with the internet and sh- like everyone has an online store and can be their own brand or uh-huh. you know or they can, people can connect now um not trying to go off on a tangent but uh yeah skateboarding helped me with that helped me thinking like that that in the way my my family was i was always like needed to hustle anyway so that kind of taught me that like, find, find a way to make shit happen. <laughs> I had, like, a lot of ambition as a kid because of that, though, which is nice. It helped. Yeah, right. my ambition has grown uh, since I've gotten older. Like, when I was younger, I was way more cruisy. Like, just thought that, like, actually, this, is, this actually kind of ties in. Like, I thought that, like, I thought the companies were going to do something for you. Like, right now, like, when I deal with my sponsors, I see, <clears throat> I treat myself as a business, as a brand. There's no emotion when I shoot proposals at them and stuff i'm not going to get bummed if i get turned down you know i look at myself as a business but when i was a kid i was like okay i'm all billabong like what are they going to do for me like so i used to like email all my sponsors and be like this is what i'm doing like how can i get more and then like they would never have an answer for me and that was frustrating for me in surfing but as i grew up i realized that no one's ever going to have an answer for you you have to create your own answer and that's how you you make yourself valuable they don't make you valuable. Yeah. You make yourself valuable. So you have to continue to make yourself valuable enough to them for them to continue to either pay you or even just keep you on the team, you know. And that can just be a balancing act of continuing to just make the right moves. Yeah. But I, I think if you're always trying, always uh, persisting, then you're going to pull it off. But I'm, I'm happy that I lost Billabong when I was 18 because that taught me to get hungry again and uh, develop myself into a valuable business, you know, an, an asset for a company. Because when I was younger, I was just a little shit with blonde hair that, that made the U.S. team. Like, that doesn't mean shit, you know? Like, yeah. you have to keep meaning something to the companies or the industry. Yeah, to, to grow with something, you got to gain skills, you know? Like, you guys are growing. Yeah. You got to keep learning and be flexible. You got to become, like, a professional in a sense, you know? Yeah, a lot of... There's the Groms, right? Isn't the Groms like flow trash? UPS. Nice. What do we got, then? I don't know. It's probably from my mom from, like, Garden Hill. 
Oh, I thought we were gonna get something sick. I like the family background, dude. This is sick. UPS, bro. Nice. <laughs> she nailed it. That was solid. That was so solid. Smooth, good tone. Say it again. Have you seen my mom in the car? Her moves and, and singing? Yeah, yeah. I've been. I watched her in the vlog, dude. She crushes it. <laughs> it's awesome. Classic. Does she? She's a. What are you drinking? Coffee? Dude, I figured it'd be perfect for the podcast. I got a uh, Trenta iced black. No sweetener. I'm back on black. Nice. Um. Hold on, hold on real quick, because I want to cross off some of this stuff on my list. I have a list of stuff, so we're not done if you still have more time. I got time. All right, here we go. Um, I wanted to ask you about knee injuries, dude, because I know you've been through it. Oh, jeez. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> um, heavy, heavy, right? So, my knees are fucked, I guess. I was blessed with... I was blessed with bad knees. Blessed. I was given bad knees. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I tore my mom. What was that? A partially tore ACL when I was in high school, or in grade school. No. So I had a my knee injury started way back. <clears throat> I had a partially torn ACL and meniscus when I was like in seventh grade. From then, I've had two meniscus injuries, and then. About a little less than two years ago, I had the big one. No. Um, so, I've never had a knee injury take me out for more than a month until the, uh, the patellar tendon. Um, but, you, uh, you did that? Was that on a stunt too when you did that? Yeah. You, so, jumped, you like jumped through a wall, right? Yeah. So, uh, we were filming... And we had like a room set up with sheetrock and it was like six sheets of four by eight sheetrock that made up like three walls. So there's a back wall and two side walls and there was a slow-mo camera in the front. So from the camera's angle, it looked like it was the regular old living room. You know what I mean? The plan was to drive past the structure in a truck and jump out through one wall, float through the room in slow motion and fly out through the other wall. Genius. On the, on the f <laughs> right? It would have been. On the other side, there was tons of crash pads, just mats. Um, so no worries, you know. This is pretty a pretty common practice for what me and my brothers do. So it was, I mean, I've jumped out of a car multiple times for the YouTube channel. Gnarly. Shows for whatever we're doing. But uh, it's hard to explain because I don't actually remember the jump because I blacked out from the pain, I guess, my, or my brain wants to block how dumb I was. <laughs> so all I really remember is coming up to it, and I jumped bad. I somehow jumped, and my feet were in front of me, my left leg sticking way out, like too straight, Gumby style, and my left leg went through the crash pads, hit the ground at like 30 miles an hour, and buckled horizontally. Gnarly. So, like, my knee didn't go 
up in the front. It didn't go back. It went to the left, to the right side. So like, my knee was like this. It went that way. Fuck. And then I blacked this out too, but it's on footage, so you can kind of tell. But I had to drag my leg and put it back in the normal spot. Yeah. And like my brother came up and he was pushing on it and like I remember him pushing like stuff back into place and he was like, dude, you're not good. Like you're not good. You can watch the footage. Like we're both in shock. We're just like, I'm I'm dead. <laughs> so uh, so what did you yell out? What did you yell out when it happened? I broke my knee. Or <laughs> Sorry. Dude, gnarly. I was like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. I was watching it yesterday because I was doing a top five worst injuries video for myself. I just did like a countdown. Nice. Um, Solid. But dude, I, um, so like we got my knee back in place and I, I was fully in shock. Just like, I don't even know. Just, but I had dealt with knee injuries before and it, it actually hurt like about the same as my meniscus tear. So I didn't know what to expect. But little did I know, I had completely detached my tibia bone from my patella, which is the kneecap, from the rest of my leg. So the bottom part of my leg was actually just a dangling piece of, like, flesh. Fuck and, you, uh, right? I, I went into my brother's house and dragged myself across the floor. You can see it in the video. And we fucking ate tacos. And I went to sleep. <laughs> I had, like, I had, like, two push lights and I just went to sleep. Not a good idea, bro. <laughs> I went in, and then I woke up, my my friend Chank Little drove me to my dad's house. I hung out another day. Shout out to Chank. What up, Chank? What up? Chank yeah, Little for the win. Um, so this is, <clears throat> this is another fucking crazy universal connection. Because this knee injury was meant to happen to me. No matter how brutal it was. <laughs> I, when I injured my, my meniscus when I was 19, um, I fucking went to this doctor in Philly at Rothman, Dr. Michael Sakati, and he is a knee specialist. And <clears throat> he pretty much, like, that was, like, the first time I ever had to see an orthopedic surgeon, like, about a knee thinking I was going to get surgery, you know? And he was like, you grade two tear in your meniscus like you're good no worries like so i left you know did a little bit of rehab and i was fine and i got on his list which is a limited list of people who can see that doctor because you know he, he's the head of surgery at that hospital like gnarly rothman top of the line like heavy hitter so when i hear my patellar tendon doing the stunt 10 years later i was still on the dude's list and i could not have gotten an appointment with that guy if if I hadn't gotten the meniscus injury 10 years earlier. Wow. So I went to see the doctor. It turns out he specializes in patellar tendon repair, the exact injury that I had. <clears throat> He's the head of surgery, the best guy at the hospital, specializes in my injury. But, dude, when I saw him, the first time I saw him, he watched the footage, and I think he thought that I was, like, a fucking crazy, like, hillbilly, like, crackhead dude, and he was, like, seriously furious at me like dude he was so mad like he's like you you're gonna lose your fucking no, he didn't curse but he's like you're gonna lose your leg like you waited too long to go to the hospital you cut off the vessels in your leg the blood flow to your foot has stopped you're gonna lose your leg this injury you're gonna get an amputation of everything below your knee so i was fucking tripping out he sent me to the hospital i was in the hospital for like 12 hours i got echo doppler 
which is where they check the blood flow in your arteries and vessels and, and veins. I got an MRI and an MRA, and then they messed up the MRI, so I had to go back and get the dye, I think, put in. <clears throat> so I had to go back and get another one. I was in the hospital for 12 hours. Like, nighttime rolls around. Finally, they're like, all right, you didn't fuck, you like, your leg's not messed up. They prepped me for surgery. I was in there, like, bugging. You know, I thought I was losing my leg. Um, Gnarly. So they're like, you're good. Like, <clears throat> you have to come back for a follow-up in two days. So I left, went back doctor's like you've got to get some of the swelling down you know my knee was the size of a I don't I can't even say cantaloupe because it was way bigger than that um <clears throat> so pretty much for the next 12 days of my life I laid on the couch uh took Tylenol Percocet fives and just iced my leg focused on getting the swelling down and you have I think you have 14 days to get surgery before it starts affecting your uh how much uh, you're going to get back, range of motion, strength, all that stuff. So I made it to the 12-day mark before I was cleared for surgery. So I got surgery on the 12th day. So I didn't have any, like, uh, damage, you know, threats of damage, like, long-term. But with a knee injury like that, obviously there's always going to be complications, and, and you're not expected to recover 100%. But I got the surgery. I had to lay on the couch for two months and do pretty much absolutely nothing. I didn't take a real shower for 30 days. I fucking, I took sponge baths and laid on the couch and uh, just waited. You probably just smelled, you smelled like warm cheese for like a month. Probably. <laughs> yeah, dude, my nads. <laughs> Jordan, was, Jordan wasn't into that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't even around back then. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> So how's 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 she feel now? How's the knee holding? Oh, dude. So eight months from day of surgery to the first time I served, I'm not. I can't say I'm a hundred percent, but I'm because my leg is you know half the size of my right leg. But I did all the therapy they wanted me to do. I I went to all the doctor's appointments. I did anything they could imagine. All the rests, all the precautions. Eight months later, got on a surfboard, stood right up. By the second time I surfed, I was doing turns. By, you know, two weeks, I was fully surfing at back on the same level. Um, a lot of mental fear involved, but by the one-year mark, I would say 100% back. I'm skating again, as you saw when we were in Puerto Rico. Hell yeah. That was like my third session back skating. But now, I've been skating a bunch, and I feel good. Like, it still worries me, you know? Like, I fell at the skate park the other day. I twisted my knee weird, and I was like, mm. my other leg, I wouldn't care, but since it was the injured one, it was like, Ugh. yeah, was sketchy, but I'm back, like, 100%, um, and the doctor, well, I actually recovered 100%, and the doctor was like, this is crazy, this shows a lot about your character, like, people don't recover 100% from this injury, this ends athletes' careers, like, patellar tendon, if you do this as a football player, you're done, if you do this as, you know, other athletes have done it and it just their career is done because they're I guess they're not willing to do the work eight months of my life I was 100% dedicated to fixing my knee I didn't care about anything else and uh so after I had recovered I actually grew a bunch of calcium in my ligament so this was like another scare I had to go through where I, I had to sit out of the water for another six weeks 
because uh, I grew all these little calcium tidbits in my ligament, and it was like, I thought it was going to be dangerous, but when I went to the doctor, they were like, yeah, you pretty much just have to sit out, it's pain, like you're good to go. But, I mean, as of now, pretty much recovered from the injury. That's uh, awesome. That's awesome. And that really, that injury set me up to where my head is, has gotten. That's like that's all part of, you know, the fact that that injury had to happen to me to create the person that I am. Um, yeah, I don't know. That no, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like um, situations like that in life happen, and it could even either make or break a character, you know, a personality. So you either internalize it and take it as a win and learn from it, or you, you know, or you let it define you as fucking broken or something, you know? There's people that... Yeah. Grow, like some people go through hell, you know. So, and knee injuries suck. I've had it as well, and it can either make or break you. I know a lot of people that have issues with knees, and like it's hard, man, to find balance. Hopefully, they For just sure. make fake knees and give us everyone <laughs> fake knees. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a trip because I see people all the time, you know, and they're like, "Oh, how's your knee?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's good. Like, I fixed it, you know." And and they're like, "Oh, mine's fucked up," and I'm like. Well, did you do the fucking therapy? No. Like, so yeah, your knee's fucked up. You know, I had the worst, I had the most serious knee injury you could ever get. Like, the the game ender. Yeah. You know, I came back from it. So anything, anything with that is, is possible as long as uh, the damage isn't, you know, beyond repair. But yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people who struggle with um, knee injuries are just, you know, they're not willing to, to dedicate everything that they have to fixing it. Uh, but it was a mental fuck, you know? It changed my entire outlook on life. It changed my entire life completely. But in a positive way in the end, but dude, there was times when it was, it was dark. Yeah. Been there. Um, Been there, bro. <laughs> uh, what else is I going to say? Fuck, I don't know. But yeah, life-changing for sure. Alright. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Me too. Life-defining, you know? Yeah. Figure the fuck out how you can take an injury and Ed come like um, come out on top for sure. You know yeah, this is actually an important part of my vlogging. Um, I started vlogging when I got hurt. You know, my first six vlogs were injury vlogs, injury updates, and I and I, I had all these people reaching out to me like, oh, I'll get well soon. You know what I mean? Thousands and thousands of the nub the nub viewers, yeah, the nub nation, and it's just like that fired me up to like. For some reason, I had never bridged the gap of the personal connection on YouTube before. Yeah. I had thought that we were making a TV show, we were entertainers, we we're putting it on YouTube as an episode, and that's it. Those That injury and those, and those replies that I got bridged that personal gap for me. So I, I blogged my whole injury, and I had hundreds of people reaching out to me about their patellar tendon rupture, their ACL. And like, wow, you're so inspiring. Like, I can't believe you're doing it. Like, you're changing my outlook on the injury. Like, and all this. And that really got me going on the path. Like, I was like, I'm fucking recovering 100%. I'm surfing at the level I used to surf because I'm going to do it and prove to these people that you can do it. And that, and that's what got me on the blog, really, that injury. That's a strong connection, though, to, like, be connected to that many people. Even if you don't know them, it's like you're getting feedback and positivity and energy and time. Fucking crazy. Strong connection, my friend. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that port, hey, I wanted to talk about, we'll go at, we'll go to Puerto Rico after, but, 
I have notes here. U.S. surf team, bro. Yeah. What? So how does that come to be? How do you even Dude. get? Did you like? Were you like, I want to be on a Wheaties box or? <laughs> <laughs> Back in, back in, bro. 
So there are six people in the U16 and six people in the U18 qualifiers. I actually ended up getting fifth, so I did surf my way into the legitimate team. But, um, yeah, I, I just fucking – who would have thought making the quarters at the Americans, the quarters at the U.S. champs, and then being on the beach that morning puts you on the U.S. surf team to go surf in the ISA World Olympics. Like, nobody. Crazy. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> but I went, so I went to Worlds and um, I didn't actually surf the event. I just, I was like alternate just in case somebody got injured. But I, we got the U.S. team. We got second place. I got a silver medal and the hat, the coat with my name on it. Like, it's fucking wild, dude. Dude, it's almost a Wheaties box. It's so damn close. <laughs> it's sick. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, dude. I had like, Classic. The, the best part about that trip was like I had like two rap songs at the time. Nice. Like I was I made music my whole life, but I had two rap songs and like the whole team put the rap song on my iPod on like the big bus that we would take down to the, the World Games and yeah. play it. Like our coach was actually Australian and he's like, "Oh, Benny the rapper." <laughs> like, still brings it up when I see him to this day. It's fucking classic. But like the whole team would just rock um, my rap songs. They were fucking. Nice. (laughs) Do you have? Do you have? Um, besides in the vlog, do you have like um music out there online? Yeah. Um, I have a SoundCloud. SoundCloud SoundCloud.com slash Ben Gravy. I have a bunch of acoustic shit that I just recorded at my house, and then I have some studio stuff. Um, it's hard for me to find the time to do a lot of studio recording, but I just throw the um, I just throw the the ones I record at my house with the audio recorder up just so people can yeah like a lot of my vloggers love uh, my music so it's cool that's sick I like it dude it's sick that you you play you can play the guitar a bit dude I like it it gets me hyped yeah it's um dude that was something I couldn't do until I was like in my 20s and I was like fuck this I'm learning the guitar were you injured was it injury nah I just uh but um a lot of my a lot of my ability to write actual meaningful lyrics came uh, from my injury, honestly. Because like, before that, I would always joke around because there's an insecurity factor there about writing and making music, you know. So I would always kid. But now I actually write, you know, stuff that is real to me. And I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. I think it's the sickest thing, dude. Because like, I think a lot of it is that life is about expression. And to be able to do it through playing an instrument and singing it is pretty amazing yeah. to me. And it takes, like, bravery. Like, that's something that I look at and I'm like, dude, it's so sick people do that. They put out something they create and it's, like, straight from the source, you know? It's sick. Yeah, it's, dude, it's, it's one of the hardest things to put yourself out there. Like, I'm not worried about my surfing or, like, stunts or anything like that. But, like, when I play music and I'll, if I put a video online, like, even if I have 200 comments of people saying I rule, like, you're the best, you rock, like, this was so good. You have one person that says, you suck. Those words, it's like, I carry that around all day. Jeez, do I really suck? Those numbers are pretty good, though. They're pretty good. Like, if it's heavy all to, like, 99 to 1, that's not a bad ratio. <laughs> There's always an asshole. <laughs> Sometimes it's me. They, you know, that's just the thing with the internet, though. People comment because they can yeah. You gotta you gotta consider how much they really care. They don't give a fuck what they're saying. They're just in a bad mood, so they're trying to fuck somebody up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Especially if it's like anonymous or like a pseudonym, then they can just say whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, YouTube's, YouTube's the worst with that because <clears throat> you, 
it's the most social media where you hide behind your um, your screen name or whatever you call that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm going through the list. One second. How's your girl? How- and your girl's fine with being vlogged. She's like on board. She loves it. <laughs> yeah, she used to. She was intimidated in the beginning, but now she's getting into it. She's. I mean, my followers love her, so. Um, I'm re- I'm lucky, like not only Jordan, but all my family and friends are like really hilarious characters. So. I'm like a lucky guy. Like my parents are both like zany. My brothers are totally fucking out there. My <laughs> girlfriend's funny. Like even my sister, who like wants nothing to do with the camera, is funny in her own way, you know. So, but yeah, uh, Jordan's getting. She's comfortable with it now. I would say maybe not talking directly to the camera, but she's comfortable enough where I can like give her a little interview or something, you know. Yeah, that's sick. <laughs> my lady's popped up in my vlog a bit. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you about... You're vlogging your life, so... Yeah. Yeah, you gotta have supporting cast, you know, like, everyone, it's, everyone has their one life, so everyone's a star. (laughs) (laughs) It's sick, I love it, dude. It's cool, that's really awesome to see it, like, that's what I'm talking about, when you go back, you're, like, watching these episodes, you can see who's in your life, and how long, and, like, relationships, Uh, and, like, it's very submersive. (laughs) Um, alright, moving along. I wanted to talk about, um, the Puerto Rico trip, dude, how sick was that? That was my first surf trip. I was on a fucking (laughs) surf trip, bro. You were fucking shredded. That surf trip. I mean, that shit was great, man. I snuck in. All-star casting crew. Yeah, solid. The waves weren't that good. I had the best out of it, dude. Like, those are the times in my life, like, I always say, like, when I forget that I'm alive, that's, like, the best the best times, because, like, you're just living so much in the moment that you forget what what's even, you know, what's happening. Here she is now. Nice. Jordan, what up? Good <laughs> evening. Huh? <laughs> hey, where is the camera? Right there. Oh, it took a second. I watched the vlog. I, I've seen the vlog a bunch. <laughs> Sick. He watches the vlog. He's a fan. That's good. <laughs> I'm a fan of last year's too. Tell her I said she crushes it. Exactly like that, man. Here, <laughs> yeah, I got you. We're... How are you dealing with this delay? Oh, I can't hear. You here? Oh, yeah. There it is. It's Jordan, you crush it. I watched the vlog. Yeah, you <laughs> Solid. Good on my yeah, you're crushing it. I like your personality. You kill it. You... <laughs> Yeah, you two together have something awesome as well. I love it. <laughs> You've made the podcast. <laughs> um, so, I mean, dude, that trip was... Anthony, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It just broke okay. up a little. It's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yo, Mom. 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 Almost done, please. Um, yeah, that was sick for me because, like, with all those rock jumps and, like, the bomb drop from the rock into the wave and, like, like find it. 
actually made it um, really fun because we got to explore and like figure out what's actually happening around us instead of just being like, okay, the waves are here. Let's just go from where we're staying to the waves and back every day. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. I always, I always like when um, you know shit doesn't um, exactly go to plan on trips because you figure out what's really up and you know anything to make the vlog more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was sick. It was so different from a skate trip. Well, it wasn't that different, but the it was weird that because I was just wearing shorts the whole time. <laughs> I never do that. Have you ever worn shorts? I mean, I wear shorts. Like I wear like sometimes, but like not be like beach shorts all the time. Beach shorts. Yeah, that's like you know what I mean. Like when you go swimming, like swimming. Usually, I wear like jeans that are like cut off or like dickies that are cut off or something. <laughs> Those skate parks too. Those skate parks were so sick. Really it was, sick. Yeah, it was sick seeing you guys shred too. It's so rad that like um, you guys shredded on the waves, but then you guys could all skate. That was so cool to me. I'm like, damn, they've also, they've also been shredding. <laughs> it was so funny. Like I, I, I always trip out like that. I, I I haven't really known Conrad that long, and he didn't even know that I could skateboard. And since my injury, I've met so many people who have no idea I can skateboard. So, like, when I was there and I was just skating, Conrad was like, dude, you rip. And I was like, wait, what? You suck compared to how I used to skate. I guess you don't know because, like, he's only ever known me since I got hurt. Have, have you seen his Bertelman where he's like, you seen, yeah, you seen him blowing bubbles on the bank? Dude, he shrouds that backside snap like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the deck, by the way, too. Yeah, no, no worries. I was skating that the other day. So I sent you the shot. Yeah, shit was sick, dude. I've been watching and peeping it. I see when they like you got skateboarded in the vlog. I pe- I peep it. I'm like, oh, they're shredding again. This is sick. <laughs> Giant. Did you, see, did you see when I taped the boogie board on it? Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> <laughs> dude, we gotta try that. Like, I'll bring it up next time. Yeah, you'll romp it. You gotta you gotta come down and fucking bring that thing. We'll romp that thing all day. <laughs> Wait, do you I live outside of it, like an hour outside Boston. So, like, is there daily flights from AC to Boston? Um, I'm not sure. We'd have to Google it. I was, did I consider flying today to come from the podcast and then flying back? Oh, so I should do that one day, dude. That would be sick. Yeah, you, you can fly into Providence too. Providence is even closer. So either Boston or Providence, we could look into it. That'd be awesome. Come hang out. Dude, come hang out. Do a skate lesson with me or something. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> um, Also, I saw you went to Brazil. What, how, how'd that come to be? Um, so we went to Brazil for like a live stunt show. Nice. Um, we met these dudes. These dudes, they're named La Phoenix. They're like the jackass of Brazil. They're fucking huge. They have like 3 million followers on YouTube. And Crazy. They're famous. They're on TV in Brazil and shit. They have gotten inspiration from a lot of our stunts for their channel. So, like, before they knew us, they were finding our stunts online and copying them and giving us credit, you know, and sending us some followers. And they messaged me on Twitter. They're like, what's up? We're huge fans. Like, we'd love to make some videos together. And um, just, you know, cultivated the relationship. We became friends. We actually met them in L.A. one time. Um, they were there for business. We were there for business, and we just hung out and filmed some videos. And then they were like, "Dude, you guys should come to Brazil. We're having our 10th anniversary stunt show." 
come out, flew into Rio, they picked us up, didn't understand a single thing the entire time we were there. Um, the internet was horrible. We didn't see one other American or white person in the whole country. And uh, we did a live stunt show with those guys for like their, their La Phoenix 10th anniversary show. And dude, hundreds of people there to see Nub TV. Whoa. It was fucking crazy. Like, dude, we were like legit signing autographs for like an hour and a half after the show. Like, what? Heavy. Mental, dude. Like, because like, La Phoenix had shown so many people in Brazil our stuff, so we had gained tons of Brazilian fans. Like, it's crazy. Brazil's like our spot. Like, when we're in Brazil, like, people legit know us. Like, we got up, we walked out of the airport, and like, the guy was like, came up, some kid came up to us, and like, he was talking to me in Portuguese, and I don't, I don't know Portuguese, so I was like, no thanks, get out. No, 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 like, I don't want it. Cause like, you know, the people get mugged there all the time. And he pulled out his phone, and he's like, no, no picture no tv and I was like, like first person we saw like heavy, dude. that's a mind fuck i gotta we gotta get back yo maybe that's why we're friends because i'm i'm portuguese my father is portuguese so maybe i'm just naturally a fan of nub tv by like by <laughs> heritage <laughs> how's that <laughs> perfect <laughs> Um, I don't have any. I don't know any Portuguese words. So um, yeah, man. I think that's about it, man. This was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, the last, yeah. usually the last thing is I just like if you want to tell people where they can watch everything we just talked about. Okay. Um. <clears throat> all right. My daily vlog channel, YouTube.com/slash Ben Gravy with two Y's. My main YouTube channel with all the stunts, uh, surf edits, all the episodes, youtube.com slash nubtv. You can find me on Instagram, at Ben Gravy with two Ys. And I am on Facebook, facebook.com slash nubtv. Um, probably Instagram and YouTube is where I'm the most active. But uh, yeah, thanks, Anthony. This was sick. Um, thank you to all I need skateboards. The boy, I appreciate it. Um, had a fun time. And, I've grown substantially. I love it. Um, maybe next year I'll be even more blossomed from the, the annual podcast. <laughs> dude, fuck yeah. Thank you for coming on the show, man. You're one of my favorites for sure, dude. I don't know what it is, but you crush it, so keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, dude. One more thing before we go. I'd just like to thank the sponsors of the show. Thank you to All I Need. Uh, please check out allineedskate.com. Tons of skateboarding content and skateboard decks and apparel. Also, thank you to World Industries. Um, check out the Shetler Shoe, a shoe that loves the skateboard. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. And um, yeah, look out for Kevin Clem and Ryan Adam in this summer. They're going to be crazy coming out crazy blazing with the skating and the traveling and um content for world um yeah and check out worldindustries.com right now there is epic stickers about over 25 uh classic world industry stickers there is hoodies beanies all types of apparel and uh the shetler shoe so thanks again guys and thank you thank you to you guys the show's epic you guys crush peace